You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 125. Can exhaust fans lead to toxic mold exposure? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Toxic Mold Podcast. So it is the end of September now, officially. Yeah, last week you were trying to rush <laughs> rush September. A lot of people don't like September. I'm not sure why, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're in the middle of fall, but here in Wyoming, it's really the beginning of winter, actually. Yeah, well, you always say there's only uh, three weeks of summer, or three months of summer, and the rest is nine months of winter, so. Yep. I can't argue that, actually. It's the tundra. So what we're talking about today are exhaust fans. I know we've spent a number of episodes talking about exhaust fans, but I, I think it's important to answer the question, can exhaust fans, can they lead to toxic mold exposure? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. I just did, um, was a property, kind of a, you know, something that doesn't come around too often, but it was a rental property and the renter was the one that reached out. And the reason I say it doesn't happen very often is typically renters think it's the landlord that should pay for for my services. And at the end of the day, they usually don't. And it was, you saw the pictures, it was pretty bad. And the besides a lot of building defects, the, the number one issue was lack of ventilation. Crawl space, an attic inside the home or inside the rental. It was just, it wasn't good and it, you know, the test results, we did some air testing, some swab testing, and what I saw at the time of the inspection was confirmed by the lab, and it things just weren't good because of lack of ventilation. And so, I mean, what is it about exhaust fans specifically, or maybe lack thereof, that leads to toxic mold exposure? So, so 
it's the lack thereof. Okay. Or ineffective exhaust. Ineffective. Okay. So, you know, I'm I'm not sure how many of our listeners have gone to Vegas or gone to casinos, but casinos are top of the line, use top notch ventilation systems so people can smoke in there, but it doesn't smell that way. And the reason that the you typically don't smell smoke or any odors in those areas is because of the ventilation. So the point is, is to take for what we're talking about, an exhaust fan to take that humid air and take it outside. And that's where it's supposed to go. I mean, we'll get into where those ducts should terminate, but the whole point is, is to get that humid air or humid air, depending on where you're from (laughs) outside. We want it out of that bathroom, out of that crawl space, out of that attic. Not that you have to have an exhaust fan in an attic, but all attics, and we've done podcasts about it, they all have different types of ventilation. And so essentially an exhaust fan is a fan that takes air from one space and pushes it outside? Correct. Okay. And that just gets whatever that air is out of the area. Exactly. So we're... It's no different than if you have radon concerns uh, for radon mitigation. The whole point is to ventilate. If it's if you have a crawl space, you ventilate that and get that what I would call dirty air, which is air that has high radon levels, and take it back outside. Okay, and so um, when at least when I think of an exhaust fan, I always think of exhaust fans in the bathroom. But what are some other rooms besides the bathroom? where exhaust fans should be? Uh, Typically in a laundry room. And like I said, people don't understand it, but you should have one in a crawl space. And I say that because we live in an area, we just talked about nine months of winter, we can't have passive ventilation, meaning just vents on the foundation to allow airflow all winter long. It's too cold. Yeah. And you'll freeze your pipes. It's just... your heating costs will go through the roof. So in my opinion, it's, it's a lot more effective and efficient to install exhaust fans in a crawl space that are on a humidistat. So they literally kick on and off automatically based on the humidistat, which you should set at 40%, maximum 50. So then crawl space, laundry room, bathrooms. Bathrooms, yep. And so those are the key places where you should have uh, exhaust fans. What about the size of an exhaust fan for each of those rooms? Uh, That would be dictated by the square footage. Okay. So in a bathroom, typically you're only going to have one. But if you have, you know, we've stayed in places where the bathroom's the size of a bedroom. They're enormous. You might need more than one. And typically there's one in, if it's, people call it's easily referred to as the fart fan, mm-hmm. but you'll, they'll usually have it, you know, cause usually in a huge, a big bathroom, not huge. The toilet is in it. Like a, there's a door and you go into this little tiny room. They'll usually have one in there. And then there needs to be one out in the, what I call the larger area close to the tub and shower. Okay. That makes sense. So, um, so it depends on the size, which means that somebody who's never purchased an exhaust fan before, could just have the square footage of the room, go to Home Depot, tell somebody who works at Home Depot the square footage of the room, and that person should be able to help them to find the right exactly. size of exhaust They fan. can Google it. And typically, a normal bathroom, mm-hmm. 
which is usually about 50 to 80 square feet, you need a fan that has 120 CFMs. And what are CFMs? Cubic feet per minute. That's okay. how we measure it. And what does that mean? Cubic feet per, per minute. That's how much air flows through. Oh, it. okay, okay. It's right. like PSI. Okay, and PSI stands for what? Pressure square. I don't know. <laughs> square inch. I don't know. See, I didn't know either. That's why. Okay, so C. So you always F- ask me tough. Like <laughs> it's not a tough question, but it's something I just don't think about. But but PSI. That's how we would measure. Pressure per your, square inch. Square inch, yep. Okay, so that's, that's PSI. That's how we measure that in, like, tires. In tires. But then in exhaust fan, it's what? C? CFM. Which stands Cubic for, feet per minute. Okay, and so then the cubic feet per minute is how it's big... How, man, how much cubic feet per minute it can suck the air out of. But what if somebody is like me and they take really, really hot showers? Does that change the need so definitely, yeah. cubic feet per minute? Right. So you may need more. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay, so it's not only based on the square footage, it's based on how you actually use that. Yeah, bathroom. your habits. Okay. Like, honestly, for our listeners, I know our, our loyal listeners know this, you like to have really, really hot showers, <laughs> and you run the exhaust fan while you're showering, and if I go into the bathroom, there's still lots of steam everywhere. But you leave it running and open the door when you're done, and you have to do that for like 20 minutes after. So, for someone like you, like me personally, if I built this house, I would have put another fan, like literally right above the shower. Okay, so that I could um, ventilate better. Right. Okay, so that makes sense. I would take, me personally... I would take quantity over the higher CFMs. Oh, so you would actually put multiple... Two, 220, 110 CFM fans in there. Why would you take multiple exhaust fans over one exhaust fan that does higher CFMs? Because uh, it's typically a lot... It's a lot more expensive to buy those higher CFM fans. Okay. And, you know, obviously two's always better than one, but, you know, in my opinion, it... It would be more effective as a comp from the contractor side. You just put two fans in there, like not next to each other, but yeah. one closer to the shower. That's typically the problem is, is the fan, which normally has a light in it. Some of them have heaters in it. It's centrally located in the bathroom. It's not close to the shower. Correct. In my opinion, if they, if they were closer to the shower, it would do a lot more good. Yeah. But that's not, I mean, I don't know why contractors do it that way, but. I think it's because of the light. But now even the fancy ones have Bluetooth speakers in them, so you wouldn't necessarily right. want that right where the shower is. Right. Well, you would buy... So the Bluetooth speaker, you're, you're correct in that. So if you had two fans, the Bluetooth speaker would be in the one that's not right above... The shower. The shower. Because once, once you get above the shower, obviously, for electrical reasons, it has to be waterproof. Exactly. Okay. So. So overall, when you're when people are thinking about exhaust fans and and using those to prevent toxic mold exposure, what what's your call to action for them? What should they be doing? Well, the biggest concern we have is the elevated humidity levels. So, and I I deal with this like every property or client I deal with, I always say, do you have humidity gauges? And usually, I hear no, or there's one on our thermostat. Well. Your thermostat's in the hallway, so that doesn't do a whole lot of good. If it's humid in your hallway, you've got major issues. But you should monitor the humidity levels in your bathroom with a humidity gauge, period. And so people should buy humidity gauges, have them in their bathrooms, and monitor. Right. 
We have two of them, because you thought you broke one, and I think you did. Yeah, I dropped it in water. Right. They both work, but they're next to each other, and one's <laughs> a lot more effective. But they're cheap ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can buy, you literally can buy a really nice one for $30. Even yeah. in the $20 range, you can buy a really nice humidity gauge. I mean, they're, there's you have them now with Bluetooth and all sorts of stuff, so... I guess my point is there's no excuse why our listeners cannot have a humidity gauge in their bathroom and monitoring that. And when you have that gauge in there, what are they looking for? You're supposed to be below, what, 60%? So mold reproduces, germinates, however you want to word it, at 60%. Not if it's good or the mold type. It's 60%. It has to have 60%. Yeah. Just like your grass has to have a certain amount of moisture to grow. So at 60%, mold can reproduce. I always tell my clients, keep it below 50. Okay, so keep it below 50. So it gives you a good buffer. So it gives you a good buffer. And um, so you're saying humidity gauges should be anywhere that an exhaust fan is. So the laundry room, what about the crawl space? Should there be humidity? Absolutely. And okay. So I mentioned the whole Bluetooth thing. So we can look over here on the wall, mm-hmm. and that gives us the temperature outside. Exactly. How does that work? Because there's a, something outside that we have that's Yeah, I, I put a sensor out there. Yeah. So you can do the same thing in a crawl space. You put the sensor down there. Once a year, you got to go down there and change the batteries. If you're scared of critters, mice, whatever, send your kid down there, put new batteries in it, and you can monitor it. And you can monitor it from just like we monitor here inside. We can see what the temperature and humidity is outside. Awesome. So that's your call to action. Make sure people have humidity gauges in all the rooms exactly. with their exhaust fans. Yep. Then it's something I cover in all my books. Um, I hate talking about my books because I'm just dragging. I'm not the best at writing books. So you don't need to lecture me. I know you've written a book about writer's block or something. But to our listeners, I apologize. I'm not that good at writing books. Well, I'm good at writing them. I'm just not good at doing all the work to get them to print. <laughs> but you've written a number of books and they're all available on Amazon. They're yep. in ebook format, they're in paperback format, and they're on Audible. Yep. And we'll, and we'll put a link in the uh, the comments for mm-hmm. the author profile and every one of those books. You cannot talk about mold without talking about humidity or ventilation. Exactly. So if you go to amazon.com and you just put The Mold Epidemic, which was your first book, you should be able to find all exactly. the other books as well. Like Every time I Google the mold epidemic, like it just pops right pops up because right it's the first book. It's it's it sells pretty well and it, it pulls right up. Absolutely. Well, there you heard it from the mold expert. We will catch you on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.